What's up to the point, listeners? It's your boy, Chris. I want to give a little L-O-V-E to a sponsor coming into Rhino X, a big sponsor, Nuvi, the smartest thermostat in the game. They came in in a big way as our day session sponsor, as well as sponsoring the concert to close out Rhino X with my man, Nelly. This is the first thermostat made by contractors for contractors. The only thermostat that connects straight to the CRM. This thing will even dispatch the technician from the thermostat. How badass is that? So thank you to my friends at Nuvi for coming in in a big way. I'm excited to hear more about it. Now enjoy this episode with my man, Mr. Keith Mercurio. This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. To the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Cristiano, the host, your favorite host of your favorite podcast. I'm certain of it. And man, am I excited today? I've got one of my buddies on here. And anytime I ever have a conversation with this guy, I feel like my eyes well up at some point. He just like pulls the emotions out of me. Such a smart dude. Uh, glad to call him my friend. But in a, biz- in a professional world, my friend Keith Mercurio, back on the podcast as the CEO founder of the Ethical Institute, uh, Influence Institute, also Senior Director of Executive Success at Service Titan, but one of the most lovable guys in the industry, who's also like seven foot ten <laughs> with buns of steel. <laughs> Keith, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Oh, what a beautiful introduction. That was, and that was so much warmer than the first time because I didn't know you the first time we came on the show together. So that's like, I really feel like we've covered a lot of ground over the past, you know, year and a half, two years to be introduced that way now. We have, and I'm grateful for that. But the last time that you, your last episode was episode 52 and it was around the power, uh, the power for the power thinking for powerful something around like powerful thinking for powerful clearly it stuck whatever it was it was obviously quite impactful on you thinking (laughs) for powerful results somewhere along the lines of like you got to be able to think the right way to get good great results anyways the point being is it was so it was like this time two years ago 2021 so um and on that podcast you learned something that you you'd not even know you didn't even know was a thing and it was that you had that plumbing museum in your little hometown there. Did you ever go and visit the plumbing museum? <laughs> that's right. I have, I have yet to, and that's shame on me. I, I guess um, I don't you. spend much time back in Watertown these days. You're doing a disservice. Has, You're doing a disservice yeah, to yourself. <laughs> that's fair. I think, I, I think it does. Have you been? Wait, have you been? No, no, or no did of you course just, not. I'm not going You ahead. only know because of you Googled it, right? Yeah, 100%. Didn't even know it was yeah. a thing. Have no interest in uh, going, but you have no excuse. Uh, I guess that's fair. I uh, hand up on that one and I, I will make it a point uh, somewhere along the line to go visit the, just so, so the next time I'm on the show, I can say I've done it. Yeah. You Cause know? I'll and ask I you again. Important enough. But the last time right. I actually saw you um, was much, you know, much sooner than that. Cause I saw you at Pantheon and, um, yeah. and I was I got jealous. To hug you for the first time. You, I was thrilled. You did. You did. And, uh, and, and, and he, just so you guys know, anybody who's ever met Keith and you've given Keith a hug, he intentionally will look you in the eyes and he will intentionally squeeze you for a long, uncomfortably uncomfortable period of time. And then you'll say what? Well, to myself, it's silent, but I say, I love you. Exactly. 
I think that's great. So like one of the, like I said, there's a lot of times I get in conversations with, with Keith, it, uh, it, it can get deep. And I really respect like his, just how thoughtful he is in this conversation. So I always appreciate having my conversations with you, which is why I'm so excited about this. But I'll tell you what I was going to say is I was jealous of you, man, at, at Pantheon because you got to interview Simon Sinek and I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. Uh, I've, I, I like recrafted my vision on this business by the starts with why I learned how to keep the game going by infinite game. You got to have all those conversations with them, dude, that was so good. I love when people get to be introduced to Simon Sinek for the first time, but like, what did you take away from that from him? Cause like I wanted to be you in that moment. So the, the part that I took away was that so I got to meet him in advance to prepare for the session. And this is the, like my one um, would do different. The only thing I would do different about that entire experience is I would have loved to have let the audience know at the end of it that we did not prepare, rehearse or share any notes on that conversation whatsoever. And that was because of him. And so we talked about who the audience was going to be and so forth. And then he said, you know, I started to share with them, assuming he was going to want to brief on notes and questions. Um, having had even previous interactions with great thinkers and authors who handed you, a, you know, handed me a, a list of questions and said, ask me these. He was as genuine as you could hope in that he said, um, you know, I don't even, uh, please, like, let's save this conversation. We started getting into some cool stuff. He said, let's save this for the stage. I just want to have this conversation on stage. It's like, I want it to be authentic. It's, and he said, here's what this conversation is. It's you and me talking and the audience gets to just happen to listen in on what ideally will be the most interesting conversation they get to hear. And that's how I want to treat this. Um, and so there was no no rehearsal. There was no prep of questions or anything else. That was a completely, um, I, I shouldn't say totally organic conversation because obviously I gave a lot of thought to how I wanted to craft it for the audience, For sure. but he was as authentic and genuine as could be. So those answers were just truly pure to his, uh, his heart, his mind in the moment. And so I was blown away and I've really, um, emulated that since in our, even with my, my podcast appearances, I will let people know, I don't, I don't want to read questions in advance. Uh, you know, feel free to, we can talk about what topics you'd like to cover, but I would rather this conversation go anywhere. Uh, and, and then, you know, I think true to that, just to kind of, I think, you know, set up what I do know is, is one of the topics we want to speak to today is the power of then being present to the listening to guide the next question rather than having a script of questions in advance to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so that's, I mean, you just kind of called it out and that's, and this is something that's like, I told you at a time, I've just been thinking about it. And then sometimes you have like so many signs or so many things that come up and just really affirm that you're thinking about it on purpose. And this whole thing around listening is incredibly important. So to all the listeners, um, who listen to this podcast, um, I, you're going to take a lot away from this, regardless of what your role is in the company, um, how big, small your company is, your relationships with your wife, your husband, your children, whatever it is like this podcast will teach you a lot about some of the basics of listings, because this one is all around the topic of active listening, or as Keith Mercurio calls it, influential listening. 
Sing it, Q. Listen to your heart. <laughs> All right, stop. Collaborate oh, and very listen. Nice. <laughs> very nice. So this is the level of production. I mean, I don't even... You you told me this was going to be our topic an hour ago, so I don't know how you were prepared enough to have a playlist ready to go. <laughs> well, let me well tell done. you, this is what the podcast production team has to deal with because I didn't know either until about 30 minutes before we did this, and I said, hey, take these clips, combine them together, and then this is how we're going to play it. So give a shout-out to these boys right here. Keith, check them out. That's who did it. They knocked it oh, out for the us. best, the best guys. You're absolutely wonderful. Knocked it out. And, and thank you for, thank you for taking a minute to acknowledge. I, I, that is, you know, I think some people do it, you know, some speakers you'll see do it because like it makes them look good to acknowledge the, the crew. And then some people do it because they really do understand that, that actually that is as integral as anything you're doing when you're on the microphone. A million is, is percent. Actually work in that microphone. And, and, I, I'm so, you know, the, the years of working with that next star events team and seeing that everything that they did was what made everything on stage work. And it wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just a, like people weren't just saying that to, to, to look humble. It yeah. was the truth. So, yeah, yeah. man, like, it, you know, I mean, I think you've gotten to know me well enough to know that, um, like the. I'm about as genuine as they come. Like what you see is what you get on this microphone in person. Like it, I, it, it's just who it's who I am. And I love helping out people. I love giving to people. That's all reason this podcast exists is that, you know, whenever Gary V and I back in the day, were just kind of starting to get in our partnership and he had mentioned about giving back being one of my core values and that that's the reason we would start this podcast. That was like the extra nudge. Um, that is the foundation of what this thing is built on is to bring in all my relationships, my experience, my friends, these business owners talk about the ups, the downs, the hills, the valleys, all the things to help whomever's listening, maybe get one step further in their business just by taking the time listening to this. That's, that's the heart of it all. So, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak to that for just a second. If, if, if you'll allow, because I would say two things, one, um, you do, you do that very successfully. There's no question about that. I would I would challenge you to take a look at how true that statement is, though, that what you see is what you get on this microphone. And here's the way I'm going to challenge it is with my own acknowledgement. There's no way that I like I I show up here and I know for sure that my answers, the way that I present myself is still being uh, is still being influenced by the fact that I'm thinking there's an audience that's going to be listening to this, that they're, you know, who is this audience? How do I want to make sure that I'm showing up to this audience and so forth? So as much as I'd like to, like, this is a version of me, but it's not just, just straight me. I don't have that level of authenticity to always show up like raw, pure and so on. And I, I would just challenge you and any other listener to like, as you, as you find yourself in those thoughts of, you know, am I, you know, Oh, this is, this, you know, I am who I am, you know, like you're going to get the real me. That's the only thing I know how to be like. I don't think that's true about anybody. I, I really, I know very few people that are so enlightened that they can show up without consideration of how others see them. And I, I like that's So I, I share that just as a, again, I'm listening to you and I'm just, I hear that. And I say, is that, is that really true? Like I, I, I know it's not for me. So I'll, yeah. I'll own my piece of that. That sounds like a subtle ball busting, doesn't it? Kind of like make you feel that way. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why I love my conversations with Keith. It's almost like I can never win. I can, I, you know, I shouldn't say never. I've learned to not say the word never or always. <clears throat> um, rarely <laughs> do I 
do I win a uh, disagreement with my significant other, with Anna, my wife, because she's so dang good at proving me wrong, even when I'm right. <laughs> she just rem- She's just really good at negotiating why she might be right and creating a little bit of doubt. So I'm like, dang it, how do I not? I, I win arguments I should, I lose arguments I should be winning with her, but she's really subtle and good about it, you know, so she's super thoughtful in that way. That was, my wife is fantastic, by the way. She's a brilliant. Um, all I'm saying is she she has the art of, of being able to smash you so politely and kind and thoughtful. And, uh, and that is an art, but you just did a, a nice subtle ball busting. And, uh, and I appreciate that. So thank you for calling me out on me, me, me. So, Hey listeners, guess what? You know what? Well, today, right. today I'm not going to be myself. I'm going to be different. <laughs> no. Hey, let's do this. Yeah, thing. I mean, it's, it's, so sorry, man. Go ahead. I appreciate that because in, in, I, it gives you always get me thinking. And that's like the point of having these conversations. Is like now I'm trying to think through like, wow, am I, am I really being my true self? And the reality is, is that I do take time to prepare for this because I'm trying to be thoughtful in what we, you and I, you, whoever the guest is, delivered to those listening. So it's worthwhile of their time. So they are getting the purest version of me because that is what my heart is, is that. Now, do I have to like change how I deliver things or how I prepare for it to deliver that? Yeah. And maybe that's not the real version of me because I have to do that as part of my job as being the podcast host. So I do. Very good, but it's not. It, it is the real. It's just a version. I think that's okay. the point that I'm, I, I wanted to gotcha. express here, because it's like because we need to think about this when it comes to our leadership and how we show up, how we listen, the topics we're going to get into today. And you know, it was like uh, Larry Pearson was one of my early mentors in this like journey of of self development, self actualization, whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever this pursuit is of of kind of a deeper understanding of self. And and he used to say, you know. That like, for example, you know, people used to say stuff like, well, you got to leave work at work and home at home. And and that was one of the first phrases that I learned to to really explore because it was just said and everyone would nod and be like, yeah, that's true. And then he he just said, he's like, there is no such thing as you at work and you at home. You're you. And he said it this way. He's like, who you are, you know, who you are at work is who you are, who you are at home is who you are, who you are at your, uh, you know, at the supermarket, who you are at your kid's ball game, who you are in traffic is who you are. Ooh, and ooh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the moment. That was the one the whole audience was like, oh boy, <laughs> you know? And, and so when people say stuff like, Hey, this is just me, or, you know, that's not really me. Like the way I showed up there, it's like, well, yeah, it is. I have evidence to show. like, yes, it is. That but was your finger. That, that was your that middle finger. Are, <laughs> <laughs> it's understanding that there are different versions of us. And I just like the, the way that this was. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, the way this was exposed to me was, was Kathy Elliott calling me out in front of another, another, you know, mentor and guide for me, calling me out in front of 250 people um, for, for being a total phony and a fake and not being willing to acknowledge that. And, uh, and that set me reeling for like 18 hours of deep, you know, first resentment towards her and then contemplation. And then, ultimately coming around to this reality of like, no, she's absolutely right. Everything I'm doing is to get something, to get a reaction, to be seen a certain way, to be thought of a certain way. And once I kind of accepted that, I think I actually showed, ironically enough, showed up a little bit more authentically when I stopped pretending that I was as authentic as I thought I was. That's good. I mean, 
what a, well, those are moments, right? Because if it, you certainly has an impact, especially when you get called out in front of peers or just anybody, like it's it's a tough thing to take, and you can go a couple different directions with that, right? That can define who you really are, what your character really is. Um, there's so much strength and vulnerability in those moments, and I've been put in them as well. Um, and I've learned a uh, you know this with this whole art of listening thing is. Um, something I've had to acknowledge as like, I struggle with it still. Like all these years later, I still struggle with it to be a, uh, an active listener, you know, and the podcast is like a, a really great example of I'm trying, I try to listen to everything that someone is saying to me, but it is very, very hard not to be thinking about the segue you know, so, so it's very hard to, for me to, you know, the, oh, I, I remember um, someone and I cannot remember who, who it was. So clearly it had a big impact on me, but I remember this piece of it. <clears throat> um, this is my ADHD. So that's like where I struggle. Right. So two things that, that work against me with listening is that I have ADHD and I want to solve the problem. Like, so I'm thinking about the resolution to the problem and I've got like, you say one thing that makes my mind start thinking about something else. And I'm thinking about something else while you're still asking or taught, telling me whatever it is. But you know, I had to learn to like, you have to listen to, um, obtain the information that's being said to you. Like, see so it, understand it. Um, some people can listen for like, you listen for enjoyment. If it's a story, if it's whatever, uh, you listen to learn, but more importantly, you have to listen to understand. And that's my biggest struggle is, and it's not because I don't want to understand it's, I'm already trying to get to resolution. And this is probably one thing that I think sometimes makes, makes my wife Anna very frustrated is she's like, I just want you to listen to me, not solve my problem. But that's where I'm at. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just kind of who, you know, it's, that's the way I'm, I want to try and help solve the problem, but not once did I say, listen to respond. Right. I did not say listen to respond. And that's typically where most people I think fall. I fall there. A lot of people I, I know will fall there, especially because the sales mentality of a human being, and I have that, is you're listening to respond. I mean, you're trying to get to the overcome the objection part before they've even finished the question. Or so this in like intentional listening, influential listening, as you call it, is so important in our lives in general. And I would venture to say the majority of us struggle with it. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, I, well, and and allow me to acknowledge a couple of things. One, the self-awareness that you're offering right now is rare in a human being to even, you know, typically when people get into this topic, it's, you know, what most people don't do, what most people don't do. But I appreciate so much how you're really intentionally recognizing the I, what I struggle to do, what I I'm challenged by because that's that's the first layer where it goes from being a lesson to a learning is when you shift it from a what most people or what you know what you and we we speak in the you what you really need to do to be successful is blank or whatever it goes from a lesson when it's a you or or most people and it becomes a learning when it's an I 
and and the non-conscious doesn't like that to say I don't do this well or I need to get better at this. But boy, when when you just did that, that was really impressive to to listen to. So thanks for leading that way uh, in the conversation because now you're inviting in learning instead of projecting teaching, right? And that's that's a really beautiful uh, shift for leaders to keep in mind. And and you know I, I think I've, I've I've shared this in the past perhaps, but. I continue to find that people are much more enthusiastic to learn alongside me than they are to be taught by me. Yeah. And, and so when, when you're, you, Chris Yano is saying, I struggle with this. It really welcomes the listener into learning alongside you. That's, I think that's impressive. That's cool, man. I appreciate that. And, and again, this is one of those things that was a lesson learned. Um, one thing I learned from, you know, because again, I have ADHD and it's, um, and I've, I've learned, I mean, I've, I've really learned how to function at a high pace with a lot of things in a way that works for me as I've gotten older, not perfect by any means, but I've learned how to actually manage a lot. I actually feel like I thrive in, and during stress, which seems weird, but I, I enjoy being really busy, even though I don't like hearing the word busy, um, because everybody's busy. So I don't like that, that particular word, but I thrive in these situations, but because I'm trying to do so many things and I'm trying to get to end result, I have to really be conscious about listening. So the easiest way for me to learn things is when you can have like bullet points or steps, right? So, so immediately what I go to when I'm trying to learn about any particular topic and this one being listening is what are some like what are just some steps that I can remember that I can, that I can follow and think about and to help me just to help me learn and that I can go back and visit. And, um, the, one of the most profound things that I got, I took away from Rhino X this past in 2022 is when we have Mike Tyson. Um, and I got to interview Mike Tyson, which was an amazing moment for me, just, you know, professionally, personally, like all the things, and he, and he said, and I've heard this say, I've said on the podcast multiple times, but he said, consistency kicks determination's ass. And I loved that because some of these things you just have to practice over and over and over. And then, you know, and re- like, I'll recognize it in the moment when I'm listening to somebody that I'm not really actually listening to them. And then I'm thinking about, okay, I need to get back to listening to them again, all in the same conversation but I have to kind of relate back to what's the same steps over and over again that I can get back to the basics that I need to be cognizant of to make me a better listener. And so I want to go through those with you. And um, I literally shared this with you last minute. So I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but I just wanted to try and share with you the things that I've been. And I want you to do your own Keith Mercurio thing, like take me down the path that you want. But these are the steps that I have been uh, working on over the past few weeks as I started going down this listening path, and number one is simply just being attentive, you know, like giving the person that you're talking to your, your full attention. Because like I just said, I easily can get distracted by my own thoughts while you're talking to me. Like, so number one is just be attentive. Do you, from your experience, because you've worked with so many human beings and I feel like you have such a grasp on this. Is this a common issue where we're like, now, even though you're listening, you're not really giving it your full attention. Like, is this common for you? Well, yeah, very common. And and it's common for me, for sure, if I'm not intentional about how I go about giving attention. And 
in the spirit of you having invited into um, into this conversation, my my full Keith Mercurio, as, as you call it, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and, and sort of uh, comment on the very first bullet point and saying that um, telling someone to be attentive is is bad advice. That's really bad advice. That's that's the attentive is the outcome. It's it's so it's sort of like you know, telling someone to be more confident. Like I need to know how to get there. You're you're telling me what result you really want from me as far as my state is concerned. I need to know how am I going to get there, and so uh, that that would be that would be one of the the areas worth you know I think starting the framing is is how do you go about, like how do you create an environment for attentiveness would be a, I think a much a, a much more interesting place to start to help people actually work on this stuff. And so, and, and I'll even just take a step back and, and I'll share this with you. The, so I call it influential listening. You brought forth the topic active listening. I can promise you that this audience and most people have heard the term active listening. And the problem with known terms and phrases is that they tell the non-conscious, I already know this. So the minute I hear, you know, well, you got to learn to be an active listener. I go, right, right, right. I know that. Or yeah, you should be attentive. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Like the brain says, I already know this. And so what it stops being is curious. And curiosity is the critical state for learning and listening. And so when we use, like, we want to think about this as leaders and as speakers. If we're looking to bring people into the conversation, we've got to be really careful about using known phrases, terms, quotes, because they tend to put people in a state of already knowing, which is the least curious state you can be in, and therefore the worst state for learning or listening. Doesn't open you up. It, 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 quite the opposite. It tells the non-conscious, I already know this, nothing more to see here. Got it. Um, so, so there's number one out the door. Um, no, but you well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, okay, be attentive. Great. How do you do that? Like, of course, we know we should be attentive. Like, this is what I'm saying. People know this, and so then we go, okay, I'm going to be more attentive. So this is where I would say, like, um, consider like what steps need to be taken in order to ensure that you're attentive. Yeah, that's so, that's good. Right. So, so how do you create an environment of presence? an environment of being attentive. Like if you're going to sit down and have a conversation with somebody that's important, how do you do that in a meaningful and intentional way would be my first kind of bullet point is how do you create an environment of presence or attentiveness if you'd prefer? Well then, well then, um, so maybe this next step two is, is what gets me there because then step two, it was, and again, keep in mind, I'm just, random podcast or books or blogs or whatever it is, is kind of the path I take myself down when I do this, but I just find something that sticks that allows me to think about what I need to, to be aware of. And so being attentive, it reminds me, give my full attention. Like I need to make sure I'm listening to understand. So that makes perfect sense. If you don't know how to do those things or even where to begin, like I get it. So I think there can be a couple different meanings for that, right? Like for me, it works because it's just a reminder if I know what I need to do. And this is my reminder too. I need to make sure I'm paying attention. But that second piece into it that allow kind of pulls you into that conversation. The second step I have was the ask questions. It's because I ask, you start to ask questions. It opens up the conversation. 
Um, I like the open-ended, the open-ended questions because then nobody can give you like a yes or a no, like it's actual conversation to where maybe you're just kind of, you know, I need, I need more information to really understand what, what you're telling me. That one seems like one that pulls you into it to admit that might, that can get you to the end result. Well, okay. So it's a couple of things. One, what I want to make sure I'm, I, I, I honor here is if be attentive is clicking something for you, then keep doing it. I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that this is um, like, if this is like in anything, if it's working for you, keep doing it. All right. Like if you're thriving with it, keep doing it. And so it's not to diminish what that's creating for you. It's to be cautious of how, if we're going to try to teach this to people and we say something like be attentive, I, I'm suggesting that, that that could be really bad coaching or really ineffective coaching. And so, so now let me circle back to, to what I mean by intentionality of presence. And here's, here's what I mean. What environment are you creating in order to be attentive from the standpoint of there are some obvious ones? Like, are you, you know, do you take your phone and, and remove it so that it's not beeping, dinging, vibrating, anything like that creates that? I mean, we have no idea how powerful the need for the dopamine hit becomes to go satisfy responding to that alert. We've, now you add Slack to the scenario and you've got companies and people that are on Slack. And so the very screen you're on is drawing your attention away when you're supposed to be present. And we're talking about you know, virtual presence. Yeah. When I'm sitting in an office space, am I gonna sit with, so just think about this. If I sit with where I'm facing a window and that person has their back to the window, and every time somebody walks by, because I'm a, an animal, not even a human being, but an animal, my eyes automatically divert to that person walking by. Every time I divert my eyes to that person walking by, the person who's sitting in front of me now, because they're an animal who learned to survive by watching my eyes to know if there's danger behind them. Now they want to know what's behind them. So they start to become insecure. These are the types of things that I'm saying without intentionality, you're not creating an environment for an attentive conversation in either direction. And so like just the ability to stop and think about these things to create an environment in which we can be present and actually attentive is step one before the conversation ever even begins. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> this is so good. I All right. It. So that's, that's, and, and leaders, you think about one-on-ones, you think about meetings with people and where you're, where you're going. And then the, even worse, and I, it, what kills me is how many people th- say something like, well, I can do both or I can, you know, like I can, I can multitask or whatever. There's no such thing. Like science is clear on this. There's no such thing as multitasking. Some people are good at switching attention fast and they may be able to catch up and say the thing back to you. But there's a very real thing that's happening, too, as your eyes dart, as your attention goes in and out. People are noticing that. They may not say it to you, but they're noticing it. And especially, especially leaders and managers, people of, a, of an assumed or, or stated authority, your team members are just sitting there taking it and dealing with it because they don't feel like they can tell you that they notice that you're responding to something else or looking at something else or thinking about something else. So these are all elements of the environment of, of, of creating attentiveness. Um, because I'm a curious suit I did there. I love it. <laughs> Surely you've heard that before. It was a nickname where curious was one of my nicknames. That and makes, I, that's this like, makes so much sense. <laughs> this is the perfect. Yeah. Um, 
I think that I may have failed in this. So you just, as you're talking about like the sitting, like someone sitting with their back and the window and people walking by, like I'm for sure that guy, it sounds like a lot of people would be the same thing because we're animals. But I was just on a, on date night, on a date night with Anna. And we were just talking about like the, uh, one of our things we want to do over the next like five years is we want to, we want to purchase a, a short-term rental property, you know, once it one a year or something like that. And and we're having fun with like looking elsewhere to know like, where do we want to go next? We want to go visit the place because we want to be able to go there and visit as well. So as we're having these conversations, I'm ashamed to admit this. I made sure that she sat at the table and right just above her head was the f- the playoffs. <laughs> and I'm certain she knew that I was peeking up and over and over her head. And shame on oh, me for doing that. Shame on me for doing that. Okay. Except here's, here's where I want to give you and anybody else both a tool and some grace. Okay. Because, and this is why, again, I don't, I don't love the term be attentive. What, so my scenario is I cook dinner every night. My wife, I'm right on the other side of that door is my kitchen, right? And I'm I'm working from home and I'll get done with this call. And uh, and my wife is at the hospital and she comes home at usually about 7 15, 7 30. And I like to have dinner ready uh, right around that time. And I like to make new recipes. And she comes home from work and she'll start wanting to tell me a story about work. And I'm I've got a recipe going. And so I had to learn to stop and say, Hey, babe, let me finish this recipe and then hold on to that story till we sit down so I can pay attention to it. All right. Like, and, and I had to learn to say that to her. And, and then additionally, there are times that I have to learn to say, Hey, do you mind if I keep an eye on the game while we have this conversation? Like, I'd really like to, to watch this game is it okay if I'm in and out on this? Like, how important is this? Like, you can have, those are real life scenarios. You can't always give someone your full attention. And it's even actually, I would say, quite beautiful if you pause and say to someone, you know what? Let me finish this text. Let me finish what I'm doing here. I want to make sure I give you my full attention. Give me a few minutes and I'll get back to you. And that's, that even frames that more elegantly well listen man clearly i struggle with this because i want to give you one more example (laughs) because that makes so much sense and i do think that i've gotten better at those things because we've actually had open conversations i'm talking um with my wife about this we've had open conversations on um if i'm watching my boilermakers play basketball inevitably she'll ask me a question when there's 30 seconds left and there's one point difference in the game and I don't even hear her say that to me because I'm not even with her on that point. So I've had to learn to say, Hey, there's 30 seconds left in this game. So give me another 10 minutes because <laughs> that's how basketball games end. And then well, you get my full attention. Especially Purdue basketball game where the final score is probably 33 to 32. <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy right here. Uh, but you know, what happens too, is I, I've learned like, even, even with, um, you know, Ryan, who does podcast production, who's sitting in the room, well, no, he'll, we, he and I'll be having meetings and I'm, and I'm attempting to do this multitasking thing. Well, I'm not giving him my full attention. I'll have to literally ask him, can you repeat what you just said? Cause I wasn't paying attention. Um, thankfully he's kind of gotten used to working with me like that. But again, it's like one of these things where I'm trying to be more thoughtful and, because in a lot of ways, sometimes it let, makes some of the other person feel like you're not listening, which may, maybe you don't care as much or maybe feel some sort of negative way. So 
it's actually, I would rather, I think it makes more sense to have that uncomfortable conversation and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not paying attention. Give me a minute and then I can give you my full attention. Well, you said something interesting that they're like, it makes somebody feel like you're not listening. No, it lets someone know you aren't, aren't listening. listening. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's not again. Like, it's not about like, Oh, I'm sorry. You feel that way. It's like, uh, yeah, no, I was absolutely not listening. <laughs> let's try this again. Let's try this again. Yeah, these are always my favorite parts of these podcasts because he just calls me out on everything. It's so good. Gosh. Well, that was so. So that was, I mean, for what it's worth, that was probably the moment of, you know, where I was faced with a confrontation at, at stage with Simon Sinek because he kept saying, you know, I had just come from giving a keynote and I specifically was driving point home a, a particular point that then he started bringing up on stage this exact <laughs> the, the converse to this point he kept saying you got to make people feel heard you got to make people feel heard and this was the moment where i was like where i was having my there's by the way we got people leaving right now and i you know <laughs> gonna wave to them so see you later back bye yep <laughs> um and, and he said, you know, you got to make people feel heard. And I had just gotten done with this whole, like, we've got to be really careful about not making people feel anything. Just instead ensuring that people are heard. Whatever they feel is going to be up to them. But there are so many tricks and tactics for making people feel heard. You'll hear like, and I don't even know if it's on your list. So I'll just heads up if I'm about to smash another one. But, you know, like repeating what people say. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Paraphrasing what they've said to make it like, again, these are like, it is, are you genuinely doing it to understand? Or are you doing it to make the person feel fucking hurt? Yeah. And if, if, if that's the point is you want them to feel a certain way, as opposed to like, Hey, hang on, uh, let me try to say this back to you. Cause I want to make sure I'm understanding it. Like that's different, you know, that's different. And I, I think it's really important to to acknowledge the difference between making someone feel a certain way versus ensuring that you are doing the thing. So, you know, just just make sure that they are heard, not that they feel heard. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and that is for sure. One of them is is that and I think that's actually a really great tactic in just understand in understanding, like trying to understand what. Right. They, yeah. So, and, and that's another great point. So in this thing, if it's a bullet point, like, you know, do this to be an active listener, it's like, no, 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 no. This is a way to better understand someone is to paraphrase. If you're not certain about what they've just said, or you want to be certain about what they've just said, you paraphrase for purposes of cl driving clarity, not to make them feel heard. Got it. So confirmation, like that you understood what they were trying to ask of you or what they were trying to tell you. And that's your way of confirming it. As long as it's genuine. Right. Yeah. Well, and then, um, another so, oh, go ahead. question for you. Can I, can, would it be okay if I shared like the way that I've broken this down? Cause I I've, I've hit on the first one to, to the, to that piece. Yeah. Or do we, do, how do you, or do you want to keep, we can go through. No, ideally what I, what's, ideally, what's ideal. Ideally what I want is for the listeners to, I mean, if you're going to be able to give some ways that they can go about trying to learn how to do these things then absolutely, that's the path I want to go down because if there might be, you know, look, there's a couple of different ways that you can get to the same end result of being a, a influence, you know, like a, a influential listening 
or a listener or so yeah take me down the path like that's why i want to go down this with you is i think you have really good insight to some of these things that will trigger right. thoughts for people this is great then here's what i'm going to propose i say we we exchange bullets and go back and forth and see what matches up and where the differences are and so my so i'll go to my next bullet then you go to your next one okay yeah so so this is my next bullet is about so the first is the physical space of the listening the second is the physiology of the listening and so this is, and this is another thing, you'll hear Cynic talk about this, learn to listen in almost an expressionless way. And what I mean by that isn't like a blank stare. However, we have no idea until we really start to examine it, how much we affect what other people say based on how we physically, physiologically are listening to them. So the shortest nerve ending that in the, in the human body is the one right here from the brain to the brow. Now, this is the quickest way that people determine, because you got to remember that human beings communicated with body language long before we communicated with language. So we, and we, body language, you know, the millions of years of evolution that have gotten us to this point, our body language is telling our, not just ourselves a story, but each other a story. And we were designed to feel faster than we can think. That's how we survived. So we react to noises, moments, motions, emotions, physically before we can even process them mentally. And so what we're doing physiologically, and I'm like as guilty of, as anybody with this, is like I, I notice like when, you know, my wife will say something and I hear something that I, I disagree with, I doubt, I'm about to whatever. I mean, I have like, there's a couple different versions, but, you know, I'll go with the, the furrowed brow right which is the quickest one that that suggests doubt yep there it is or like the really you're gonna say that like right the, the raised eyebrows these are so the moment that we start to these non-conscious little physiological triggers come in we are directing where people go with what they say next so somebody could be sharing with us about you know a challenge that they have with a customer and we furrow our brow just a little bit and they stop telling the story the way that they were going to tell it because suddenly they can see that we've just expressed some sort of disagreement. And so we're actually affecting what they say just on our physiological reaction to how they're saying it. And, and then it could be matters of, you know, the more obvious eye contact, putting your feet at them, actually being, you know, present to whatever else it is, just being aware of. And I think that stuff is most of your team members are, you know, like I think most people out there kind of have the basics as it relates to body language in this regard. But man, this stuff with the physiology. Oh, see, now I like that one. <laughs> That's curiosity. See what I'm when I'm te well, that, that one's just I'm bored out of my mind. And I'm, I'm about to, that, there's so right. There's and there's so many different ones. But like that, those those really those matter. And and you, I, I love that you nailed that because when I listen, I will sometimes I'll just like you know, kind of cross my arms, put it. Uh, and here, because that's a, a very, if I sit back, all of these things, I learned that I tend to listen better to people if I sit back and create like a very um, open state to their listening, a curious physiological state to match and then guide my mental state. This is good. Because um, I mean, body language is kind of the path I was going to go down. But again, as you're talking about, I was trying to show you my acknowledgement face. Like, yep, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I saw um, it. Yeah. And it's, and it's again, I, gosh, I keep, I can relate this back because I don't, I don't think about these things until you bring it up. So when I'm interacting with a, like my daughter, 
who knows everything. Um, she lets me know that I don't know what I'm talking about on her face before she ever responds to me. So I'll be saying, Hey, make sure that when you're backing out that you make sure the gates open first before you back out. And she's like, okay. Like I know what that she's like annoyed with me for saying the same thing over and over again. Um, before she says it, I'll talk to the biggest mistake that I make is making a judgment based on the facial expression that I'm, excuse me, that I'm getting before they respond. And this is like, in all aspects, right? Because I'll be, I mean, think like when you and I are speaking from, from stage for me, I feed off of the energy of those in the audience. And I get that from body language, from their facial expressions, if they're clapping, if they're whatever, but a lot of times there's not a lot of that going on. So you have to kind of look at the faces and see like, are they accepting what I'm saying? Are they not accepting what I'm saying? Are they even paying attention? And the, the whole different beast of that is, you're not going to please all those people. There's going to be people who aren't paying attention. You got to learn how to overcome all that. But the point being is I still change whatever my action is going to be or what I'm about to say by prejudging what that facial expression meant to me. And I do this so bad with my wife, like, because she's the kind of person who's typing, you know, and you can see like the emotion on her face when she's typing and I'm like, oh, that's her pissed face. And so when I'm talking to her and she makes that face, I immediately like shut down. Like now I'm pissed. She might not even be mad, but I'm mad because now she looks like she's mad. Yeah. And I would give yourself credit. You're probably right. She's probably mad. <laughs> she's probably mad. <laughs> she's probably mad. But, but what we, what happens is we, and I, I notice it. And especially I love that you brought up being on stage because that's like, that's just such a powerful you know, element of, of how this works. And, and I very intentionally when I'm an audience member to a speaker, because I'm a speaker, I give them really positive body language intentionally, because I know how important that could be to feed the confidence of the speaker to see someone doing exactly what you're doing right now, which is nodding, which is what I was doing earlier when you were talking, which is a sign of approval that I agree with what you're saying and is going to, by the way, cause someone, and this is why I don't teach it this way. I don't teach people to use body language to get something. I teach them to be aware of body language so that they can realize when, how it's showing up as, and, and, and demonstrating their intentions. And you've got to be really thoughtful about it so that you can prevent the the downfalls of it even more so. But when I've got someone on stage, if I was there as your biggest fan, I'm fucking in, yeah. I'm nodding, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm, you know, if you say something interesting, I, I I'm letting myself emote in a really positive way because I want that person to feed off of that because I think it's important when you're in that very vulnerable space of being in front of an audience, we can tend to, really direct one-on-one conversations and scare people out of what they were going to say or encourage them deeper into what they were going to say when we either scowl or nod. And we just need to learn to become aware of that because we're actually changing what we hear because we're changing what they're going to say based on how we're reacting to it. Yeah, man, but you're asking somebody to change their autopilot. They may have been doing for years, like decades of how they respond with facial expressions. And I see this a lot too with um, like within the contractor world too is people will want to disagree because their way is better than the other person's way when really it might just be different or whatever it is. So somebody be having a conversation and, and, and I've seen this so many times when I'm sitting at, a, at an event and there's multiple contractors talking together and they're like, I can start to tell that one person might think differently than the other person. And they start to wear that on their face. 
And I'm like watching and going, Oh, what's this, what's this going to turn into? Because I think that happens very frequently. Like if you disagree, you could disagree by your face in a really shitty way versus a respectful way by not giving like the scowl or the uh, like disapproval face. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, face? that's a good one, by the way. Yeah, thank that you. That was really thank good. You. Thank you. So you make, make sure you yeah. watch the YouTube channel so you can see all of Keith and I's faces that we're making and not that we're doing. That was uh, like the Dave Portnoy prep school <laughs> face right there. That you just and and you know what? I, before I don't know. I was I think I was trying to be like a very polite guest by saying we should go back and forth on your bullet points. I fuck that. My bullet points. I'm the guest. I'm going to keep going with my bullet points because that brings me to the next one, which oh. is. So spot on to you, what you're saying right now. So this is, this is the key. You, instead of trying to, to, to intercept your, you know, it's great. Become aware of it. You might start like just the awareness, self-awareness starts, then influence of self comes next. But to your point, it's really hard to like inter, inter, intercept autopilot. So that's where like the next bullet that I have is getting clear about what is your intent going into this conversation. Because if you get super clear about your intent in the conversation, your body language will follow soon. And so if you are entering with the intent to prove someone wrong or to show how smart you are or to prove that you know what you're doing or you, you want to come across as confident, then all of these intentions are going to start to show up in certain body language that could have a very, it will have a very negative impact on the quality of the listening. But if you show up with genuine curiosity, and to your point and Stephen Covey's point, the intent to understand, then you're naturally going to have a very different set of physiological reactions. And so rather than trying to guide your listening by your physiology, it's becoming aware of how your physiology affects it and then shifting your state and your intent to be curious and understanding. And now your physiology will follow suit. Gosh, man, you know what I find myself doing is trying to practice all these things <laughs> as you're talking. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird, <laughs> but... It's so good because I'm like, ooh, well, why, this is why what better time to practice it than right now. Like I'm listening to to you intently right now, trying to understand. So naturally, like I can tell that I'm not trying to think about how to respond to it because I'm trying to understand what the fuck it is that you just told me and how do I apply that to myself. Hey, to the point listeners, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you're gonna have to wait. Sit tight for part two next week. I want to encourage you to go go and watch the YouTube version of this because Part of the active listening, the influence listening is watching body language. And on the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see both mine and Keith's body language, which sometimes I wasn't paying attention to. And he felt free to call me out on, as you heard. But um, I think it's important for you to go and check it out on YouTube. But stay tuned for next week. It gets better. It gets even better, if you can imagine, as we wrap up some of the things that you can do to be a great listener. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. 
You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.